0: The next few episodes seem to have a trajectory of really human things that often have negative connotations. So last episode I talked about judging and judgment um, towards other people, specifically in your relationships. And how to filter our thoughts and filter our judgments to be objective and healthy Um, And how we should have judgments and what they should look like and how Jesus taught us to do that. So go check out that episode if you have not already. I'm going to take a stab at boundaries for this episode. I'm not a mental health expert. I'm not a psychologist. Um, I'm just a person who runs ministry who... I don't study the person of Jesus. I have a relationship with him. But I do study, quote unquote, study... The scriptures and the stories told about him and read about what theologians say about him so mixing all of that with my own experiences and always bringing it back to love is my goal so stay tuned and if you happen to live in the world you know that boundaries are talked about all the time so stay tuned is just another layer of a conversation to have and how to apply it to our best and even our worst relationships. Here we go. Two truths that you need to know that you might have never heard before. Number one, Jesus had boundaries. He did. I'm going to tell you how. Number two, boundaries don't mean that you love someone less. And this is the thing that I personally struggled with when I knew boundaries had to be included in my life and in my relationships, in my professional life, in my personal life, that this idea of putting up a boundary with someone would mean that they think I love them less, and it's not true. Like that's just not true. And again, like I'm um, half of the time I report record podcasts because I need to hear what I'm saying. Not so much that I think the world does, but the world needs to benefit from this as well. It's universal truth. So Jesus had boundaries, and it does. It's not an indicator that you love someone less. It's an indicator that you're becoming self aware. That you're trying to make sense of your own heart. You're taking up this space to not be so as the phrase boundaries includes. Bound to certain people that you rely on them for your stability, that you rely on them for your comfort, that you rely on them for felt security or or confidence or approval of yourself. I'm going to get into that. There's a lot of things that we attach to certain relationships and we attach to um, our belief systems about certain relationships. Like we believe certain things about a relationship, so therefore we kind of are bound to it when actually there's certain boundaries that need to take place. And this is a really deep concept, but the way that I want to describe why boundaries are important comes specifically through me trying to tell you about a scene from a book Um, I'm not going to do it justice. I don't have it in front of me. It's just something I reference a lot in my understanding of how God works with a human being, how God works with each individual person. And it's from a book in the series of The Chronicles of Narnia. Um, So it's not The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's The Horse and His Boy, which is like book three of the series. And it's basically a boy and a horse um (laughs) traveling the world doing things adventuring through life right and along the way he has a lot of relationships this boy has a lot of relationships and he has a particular relationship with this girl who he's very fond of and at one point he's in the dark forest and whether the horse is there or not he's spent right like he's exhausted himself he's fatigued he's burnt out Number one reason, you might need boundaries in your life just to give yourself that space. Um, So he's just kind of spent. He's burnt out. And the great lion in the series of these books is called Aslan. And Aslan is supposed to represent God, if you didn't know and the Great Lion has kind of been there throughout his journey through his adventure and his sufferings and his trials and him going to battle and all of these things. And something that the boy doesn't realize is that the lion accompanying him is Aslan the Great. And it was in this dark moment when he spent and at his final whew, breaking point, that sigh of like, I've had enough, Aslan reveals himself as the Supreme Being, as Who this boy knows is the supreme being like he knew a supreme being existed. He just didn't realize it was the lion who had been with him the whole time. And they run through this dialogue and part of the dialogue again, I'm not going to read it to you. It's just this idea where the boy's like, if you were there the whole time, then you were the one who did this for me and helped me win the victory. And that lion was like, yes, that was me. And then the boy was still saying all the things that he was like, wow, I didn't realize like you were the one who got me through this. You helped me through this. You made the way through this. And then he realizes, but you were also the one who made my friend suffer. And Aslan said, yes. That was me. And the boy's like, why? You know, that question of suffering. Like, why did you make someone I love have to go through that hard time? Why did, why did you make that happen for them? And the response that Aslan gives, and this is what I should be quoting, but it was basically him saying, my job is to explain to you your life and your own heart. It is my job to one-on-one explain her life to her. And it's this moment of this is how God is with us. Like God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But God deeply cares about the intimate and personal losses, movements, trajectories, relationships Situations, everything about our heart is God peeling back another layer, showing us how his goodness showed up, even in the suffering, even in the circumstances. Because whether you go through an abundance of blessings or an abundance of suffering, there is an immense amount of healing that tells you who you are and who God is. And that's precisely, in my opinion, as as someone who's more spiritual and religious than like psychology offers or a psychologist offers, that to me is worth everything, that it's not just a random coincidence and that we as human beings are responsible to cultivate moments, seasons, and even maybe Years of our life where we're uncovering who we are and who God is in the moments that we're living. Because here's what happens. Sometimes you spend a chunk of your life, and I'm thinking of like college and high school specifically, because they're both things that I've done. Like high school, you're so consumed by... The school itself, like you want everyone to think of you a certain way. You want to be known by everyone. You probably are known by everyone, and everyone either knows your business or like knows about you. And you're there's really no space. You're not really by yourself at any point. And then when you go to college, it's not that everyone knows you, but like your core five to 10, maybe 15 friends that you interact with. ...on the regular for these next four years. You're so bound to them. You're so almost like enmeshed to them. You become like them. Everything you do is with them and and in them and through them kind of thing. Um, So you just kind of like have this relationship with these people... ...where there's no responsibility you're taking. You're just taking in everything about these relationships. And then eventually when you are by yourself... ...you either panic because you don't know how to be alone... Or you're thinking about these really deeper issues, not issues, but these deeper concepts about who you are, what you want after this. And that's where I think a a synonym to the word boundaries is responsibility. Like, where are you taking responsibility for your heart? And that's why I love the faith. That's why I love Christianity. And if anyone ever told you that Christianity is about being perfect and it's about um, having a great life and making no mistakes. It's actually the opposite. It's recognizing how imperfect we are, how capable we are of sin, and then how destructive those sinful behaviors are and how we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And this is the thing that gets warped when Jesus comes into it because we believe the taboo Christian definition of Christian love being Christ-like is that we're responsible for other people. We are responsible to love people, but love is never a feeling. Love is not an emotional attachment that's not freeing. We're responsible to each other, but not for each other. And there's a lot of scripture to back this up. And there's a lot of stories of St. Paul saying things like, Um, each man bears his own load. Like, you have your own life struggles. If you're going to try and carry someone else's struggles, you're going to burn out. You're responsible to be a prayerful person for that that struggling person to help them in any way that you can, but it should never neglect the load that you're carrying, especially if the load you're carrying needs immediate response. And again, like, this idea of boundaries is to help people but don't do it for them. So, we're in our boundaries, we're looking at other people and we're saying, I'm going to help you, but I'm not going to do it for you. And that's a really humbling lesson of even how God can be with us at times. Um, so, but before i get into our responsibility towards other people our responsibility toward ourselves and there has been a lot of talk about this since the covid pandemic a lot of people are all about rest now and and what that means but this is so scriptural this is so biblical this is jesus has been telling us this since mainstream psychology has become so prominent jesus was always telling us to protect our hearts because when we protect our hearts and our mental real estate and our own, we take responsibility for our own things and our own state in life and what we're doing and prioritizing how we feel and not putting other people first, we're just We're living like we're we're doing what matters most. And we're not being nice out of fear. We're not being nice because we're afraid that people won't like us. We're being nice because out of the depths of our heart, we have the capacity to give it. And it brings us joy to give it. It's not because it's the right thing to do or we have to do it. But We look at our own lives and we protect our own heart and we know where we can give without exhausting ourselves and we know what God is communicating or trying to make sense of what God's communicating through each little thing that we go through. So your question is, when you take responsibility for your life, before you even set a boundary, what is it that you want to protect? Like this is the underlying question. What do you want to protect? Do you want to protect your mood? Do you want to protect your emotions? Do you want to protect your marriage or your relationship? Do you want to protect your space? You know, there's a lot of things in this world that are important to us. And and oftentimes it comes down to these things of like, not necessarily what makes you uncomfortable, but what is it in your life that makes you feel like you don't have the time to take responsibility for protecting and safeguarding what matters most to you. For example, best analogy, my friend's brother just had his second child and like they're very very protective about who's visiting the baby and they're only letting one to two people to see the baby. What matters most right now is that baby and that baby's health being protected and they're taking precautionary measures to put boundaries in place to set that responsibility and that boundary. I had a friend of mine also put up a boundary with me and after a while he like kind of apologized for it and he's like it doesn't mean that I don't care about you and I was like I don't know why you're so worried that I'm afraid like I'm offend that you're afraid I'm offended by this. Like have you never set up a boundary before? Like I'm not concerned that like it makes me think that you think less of me it's the fact that you trust and respect yourself enough to do it. And that's what I see when I see people set a boundary is that they trust and respect themselves enough to do it. You are the owner. You are ultimately responsible. We have no time for the blame game. So you got to take care of your property line. Take care of what protects you, what keeps you safe. And discover what's your property line. Where can people overstep, and where can people understep? What is my boundary right now in this life? Like, am I focusing on certain things or certain relationships, or am I welcome to other people kind of ebbing, ebbing and flowing this boundary line and coming in and coming out? But the point of boundaries is that you're not drained at the end of the day, you're not exhausted, but it does require you to take a responsibility. So here's where Jesus comes in. If you read scripture, the thing I love about Jesus is he wasn't a hundred percent available to a hundred percent of the people, and this is the, the other struggle that I had with boundaries. Not just the sense that I hope people don't think I love them less because I'm doing this, but we're not created like the human person was not created to be a hundred percent available, a hundred percent of the time. That's why jobs will not exist in heaven because it's, it became this almost manipulated force of our humanity where it's not this thing that we make a living for ourselves and find value and make a difference in the world. It's this thing, especially in American culture, where it's trained us to be 100% available 100% of the times. And we need to take responsibility for that. So Jesus would have many occasions where he would say, I'm leaving now to be alone I'm leaving now to pray to the Father. Like it comes up at least four times in the Gospels. I'm leaving now, and he would only bring two to three disciples. The beauty of his intimacy with people, with the Father, with himself. So here's the thing like, all, if Jesus needed boundaries and Jesus was the perfecter of human nature then we need boundaries, and we know that the truth of God, because he imprinted it in Jesus's being, was that we're not supposed to be 100% available to 100% of people. And what you realize when you put up boundaries, and this is something that I realized, when you set a boundary and take responsibility when you're alone, and you reflect on it, and you've thought about it, and then the person that you've set the boundary with kind of brings themselves back into your life you feel the it's like a fear like you want to be 100% available to them but you don't want to go against your word and what you said so there's there's a total total possibility that you can be falling back into patterns of old behaviors and not setting boundaries because of out of fear or shame Or the sense that you are obliged to someone, that you are obligated to respond to them, especially if you're setting boundaries with family members. And here's the thing, like, in a sense, the disciples were relying on Jesus. Like, they were, he was almost their spiritual dad, so to speak, and they were, like, lost without him. But that doesn't mean he was 100% available. So, what can you do? And 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 looking at each relationship, here's what our relationship looks like. Here's the nature of our relationship. So I can be available here, but if I'm not available to you right away, that's okay. So are you? A, is there fear in this relationship? Is there a sense of obligation and duty in this relationship? That's when where you can start to understand the soul working of the um the boundaries you're putting in place because if it comes with a certain emotion or it comes with a certain thought that you're afraid that if you're not 100% available to this person, it will butcher the relationship, it will ruin the connection, it will trigger them, whatever. That's where... The issue isn't the boundary, but the boundary comes in place. You put up a property line so that you can heal that fear. You can renounce that fear in your prayers. That in the name of Jesus, you can be done with all of those negative thoughts and feelings because emotions are an indicator that something inside of us needs to be healed. So that when you heal that, You now show up to this relationship differently. So however long that boundary was in place, you're able to go back to that relationship and show up differently and be able to offer yourself in a capacity that's not fearful, that's not obligatory, that's not whatever, whatever. There's a lot of other examples that's not needy, that's not... Out of anger, that's not out of anything but pure love and pure charity. And this is the this is the main goal of your boundaries, and this is what makes it a hundred percent an ability to love better because love is not doing something out of fear. Love is not doing something out of obligation. It's the same thing with religion. If we go to church because we're afraid God thinks that we're not enough or we're de- like if there's a fear there we're going to mass because we feel like it's an obligation in our life and we don't actually want to be there that needs to be healed before you can even start going to mass and being open to what's going on and and Jesus wants to address what's going on inside of you before he can change the physical circumstances. So again, boundaries are everything. They're mainly emotional, they're physical, they're sexual, they can even be spiritual. So boundaries come for the sake of our ability to love, but also to teach us to take the autonomy and the responsibility for our lives, that we can live the abundance of God's plan for our lives without anyone participating and if we don't know the valuable lesson of the abundance of life without without it being dependent on anyone then again a good indicator that you need to implement boundaries in your life and it all comes back to what are those sacred places that you want to protect when you think of that story of the lion in, in, in the forest with that boy and he's saying why did you let this person suffer? And, and essentially God saying, what that person went through is between me and her. I'm here to talk to you about your life, your capacity for mind, thinking, decisions, determination, energy, peace, your soul, your prayers, your life. Without boundaries, we give the most sacred parts of our lives, which is our heart, our mind, our soul, our emotions, our will, to the wrong people for the wrong reasons and this is what christ came to restore as a savior our ability to take our sacred places and make sure we're responsible for knowing that they're sacred and knowing that they're a gift above all else not a hundred percent available to a hundred percent of people